Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. In this episode, I bring back a good friend of mine from a past episode, Blake, who is a licensed professional counselor based in Austin, Texas. Now, Blake specializes in helping people with anxiety, trauma, disordered eating, and hurt relationships feel better and find relief. In this episode, we are talking all about complicated friendships, work friendships, and all the different emotions that come with leaving your friends and teaching. But if you want to hear a deep dive on our previous episode, more focused on why so many teachers need therapy and how to find affordable therapy in your area, I do recommend heading back over to episode 31 of our past episodes to learn more from Blake there. So in this episode, like I said, Blake and I are going to continue this conversation and we're going to talk all about the complicated work, friendships that come along with teaching and how that impacts us as well. Hello, Blake. It is so good to talk to you again. I'm so happy to talk with you too. For my audience members who have not heard your past interview, do you mind just giving a little brief overview of who you are and why I brought you on here today? Yes. I'm Blake Blankenbeckler, licensed professional therapist. I was on here a few, was it last year? I don't remember. It was last year. It's episode 31. (gasps) Beautiful. Okay. Episode 31. And yeah, I am a therapist. I now live in Charleston, South Carolina. So I moved, but I am doing the same thing. I specialize in helping folks to have trauma, eating disorders, attachment, woundings, you know, just the normal, I feel like at this day and age, like normal human stuff. And yeah, I do a lot of work on helping folks get back in their bodies and listen to their stories and listen to themselves. So it's really a great honor. And yeah, I love what I get to do. The last episode that you were on, we did a deep dive into how teachers can find affordable therapists, how they can actually explore what types of therapists might be the best fit for them why so many teachers Mm -hmm. need therapists. But today we are going to really focus in on 
you know, what is a quote unquote healthy friendship and how friendships can help us through really hard times. And they also may be potentially holding us back when we're struggling as well. Do you want to talk about a little bit of your work with friendships in general before we get started on some of my questions? Yes. Amazing. So I started studying friendships. It kind of happened on accident, but basically it was this realization that we have all of these big relationships that we pay a lot of attention to. So we pay a lot of attention to the ones like the relationships we have with our family members, our mom and dad comes up in therapy a lot, our partners, and then like bosses often come up a lot. But it's like they're these friend, they're these relationships on the side that kind of hold us through them all that we never talk about. And it's our friends. And like study after study shows like chronic loneliness is a huge issue. I think research came out that chronic loneliness is equivalent to smoking like 15 cigarettes a day, which is really alarming. And just thinking about how we're more connected than ever, but we're also so much lonelier. And a lot of that, I came back to these really foundational friendships that we have, but we don't actually know how to like talk about the hard things and really go deeper if we want to and ask for the support. We don't even know that we can ask for support or that we can ask our friends like, hey, can you not like when you say this, this isn't helpful. Like this would actually be more helpful. And so it's just in this really fun world to kind of open up and explore of like, we don't talk about friendships enough, but they're pivotal to our well-being. And yeah. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on here is with my own experience as a teacher, it is easy to get sucked into teaching being your entire life because there's so much work that goes into it. And with that, the only friends that you really feel like you have are other teachers. And so that comes with some positives of teachers who feel aligned with how you feel and you're able to vent to them or you're able to talk openly to them or teachers that are all (laughs) struggling at the exact same time. And you may be just a negativity circle or you not feeling confident that you can actually share who you are, what you are feeling with any of the other teachers, because I've heard someone else say like Mary Poppins style teachers of the teachers of nothing is ever wrong and everything is perfect and I'll get it all sorted out. And so if you're really struggling, it's hard for you to tell that type of person that you're struggling. You don't want to bring them down. Have you worked with teachers or have you explored any of like the work relationships with friend groups, especially in like friend groups with women before? Yes. I think especially at a place like teaching, it's so interesting and nuanced and messy because teaching is really this like very, it's like a whole nother world. You know, you live at school, you're there all the time, like you're going through it. And so it can be this really beautiful thing of support with other teachers who become your friends. And you also can get like really trapped. It's easy to kind of get like sucked into the negativity and sucked into everything that's wrong. And then it just like friendship more becomes like session, like vent sessions. And that doesn't. And then it's like, wait, after a while, it's like, wait, this doesn't actually feel good. But I don't know how to say, can we talk about something different? Or you don't want to be shameful of like, you know, just switching into like toxic positivity mode. But I think there's a, you know, there's some balances there of like meeting people in the middle and supporting each other, but also just not talking about everything that's going wrong. I think one thing that I've learned 
through my marriage Mm -hmm. is asking people if they even have the emotional capacity for like that type of dump. Like you don't want to flood someone with what is going on in their life if they are also potentially having a really rough time. So just asking that permission of, are you in a space where you can hear this type of, this type of thing that's going on in my life? Because sometimes people are so low in their own struggles that it does just kind of, cycle and build on everyone else. 1000%. And I think I have so much, everybody, I think everybody listening to this has compassion as a teacher, but just on the outside, not as a teacher, but getting to work with lots of them. Like y'all are going through the ringer. It is a really hard, challenging time where so much chaos is happening and so much unknowns and having to do one thing or not one. Like there's just, it's a messy world. And So I do think that it's just like taking that one extra second to be like, hey, I need to share something is now like, can I vent right now? Do you have the margin? And if not, great. Like I can come back to it at at a later point. It's just so kind. I do feel like venting sometimes does feel good to get it off of your chest. If you feel like disrespected or if you're disappointed in something, how do you feel that someone can go about having a venting session with a friend in a healthy way? I love that question. I don't think there's like a perfect answer, but even getting clear with your friends, and even this is a good question for us to ask our friends, like I'm an event right now, or the person's an event. Like, do you need me to just listen? Do you need me to give you feedback? Do you want me to push back on things? Like, do you just want my support? Do you just need to vent right now? And I think just being clear about what you're needing and being clear on both sides is really helpful. And being cognizant, like usually we can, after we've, you know, like said everything and gone through everything, like there's a sense of relief and pause. And the times where I I realized we need help or we need some extra support is like when we're having those vent sessions again and again and again and again and again. And we can't get ourselves out of them. And we're just sitting there ruminating. Like those become challenging. They're frustrating for the person who's going through them because they're like, I don't want to be thinking about this. And they're frustrating for the friends because they're like, I don't know how to support you in this. Like, here's this. And so that's sometimes when some extra outside like help and care can be helpful. So I always try and look at my vent sessions of if I am starting to approach this conversation, am I looking for advice on how to get out of it? Or is it just I need to get it off of my chest because I need to validate my emotions? Like what are my intentions behind what I'm about to say? And that always helps me scale back a little bit of sometimes I realize, okay, I was just saying that just to be negative for the moment. And that's not moving anyone forward, even myself. But I can be a negative person. Sometimes there are we all can. just those types of days. Yeah. And I don't think like, I hope that no one listening to this thinks like, okay, I need to be really careful about like venting what I say, like da da da. I don't think it's about like having this intense kind of critic watching over what we say, but it is being mindful of, and I think I realize I'm not in a great space when like everybody's bad. Everybody's out to get me. Like, I know I've gone like too far if everybody's bad. I'm bad. Like no one's missing the mark. There's nothing good. It's like, okay, how can I like slow down and rein it in and like come back to reality a little bit?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I know one thing we were going to talk about is mm-hmm. the difference between like a helpful versus an unhelpful work friendship. Do you have examples of both of these types of uh, relationships? Okay, let me think of some good examples. I think a helpful work relationship, especially or work, I'll do friendship because let's, I think, yeah, we make friends with the people we spend our days with. Like we've got to have support. A really helpful one is, I don't have a specific, let me think of a specific example. When I think of helpful friendships at work, I think about friends who are attuned to each other and friends who it's like, hey, I can see you're having a tough time. Like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I support you? Like, can I get your lunch today? Or like, do you need, can I help you with something? And I think a healthy friendship is not just the friend who says that, but it's also the friend who says like, thank you for like to not push the care away. It's also like, yeah, I'm not going to hide it. I am struggling. And like, thank you. Like actually receiving the help and the care. Like this would be helpful if you could just talk with me for a second about this or what have you. That it's both like noticing and receiving that that's really helpful because no one gets gold stars for like pushing our way through it and being the strongest one. Like. I think it's pretty clear with all of teachers, like everyone's having a tough time. So like accept help where you can get it. And our friends are great ways to do that. And then when I think about unhealthy friends, I am a really big advocate of just noticing your body in conversations with people, especially friends. Like when do I feel relief? When do I feel like really seen and cared for? Like I even just put my hand on my chest. That's something I often do when I'm like, yes, like it's just this sense of like, I feel held and it feels so good. But noticing when are the friends that I'm around where it's like, I get caught up and there's like subtle competition. Well, my kids are doing this today. I did this. It didn't take me that long to finish my, like to finish my grading assignment. It's not that big of a deal. And it's like, oh, that does not feel good at all. And so those become when it's like you're having to kind of puff up and be bigger and have everything together when you know clearly you don't, like those become really unhelpful spaces because they just create a lot of shame and they make you want to hide more. Do you recommend that someone who finds themselves in somewhat of a, it seems like a like competitive type of friendship or a space that someone may be irking them with small things that they're doing should they vocalize these concerns to someone or does that sometimes even make the risk worse? That depends. Like 
again, I'm such an advocate for talking about things. And often I find talking about things is a great litmus test for like how safe of a friendship this is. So for a lot of us who are conflict avoidant, it's going to scare us regardless. <laughs> like sometimes we can't really tell, like just having a conversation about like, so with this example, like, hey, I'm realizing I can't talk about this stuff with you. Like I get in my own head about it. And so I think it's helpful that we don't talk about lesson planning. I'm, that's a, I don't know if that would even be a thing, but like, I think it'd be helpful if we just not like go there. That's probably going to be scary to name out loud for anybody. And depending on how that conversation goes, will give you a lot of data on how safe of a friendship it is in the future to continue engaging with. Like I have always been a huge proponent of like conflict dealt with correctly actually breeds intimacy. So it can make you closer of like, oh, this makes so much sense that like, you get in your own head about this. I get in my own head about this. I think I just feel like I have to do it all. And that can lead to a really beautiful, like flourishing conversation. Whereas if you're just met with defensiveness, even though it hurts in the moment, it just gives you more clarity that it's not a helpful friendship for you to continue engaging with. So you'll get clarity either way. Some clarity might just not feel as good. Do you see that limiting beliefs can be something that impacts friendships or people start to feed into one another's limiting beliefs? I know I talk about limiting beliefs and mindset with teachers all the time. Have you seen this being something that like impacts a healthy friendship? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. We're talking about even that example of just having some boundaries, like, hey, I can't talk about this. I get in my own head about this. Not helpful for me. We can talk about anything else. To be able to even have boundaries, there has to be a sense of self-worth that you believe that you re- like you are entitled to such boundaries. And if you don't respect yourself and if you don't believe you're worthy, you're not going to act in a way that mirrors that. And so I think about the teacher who might believe they're not as worthy or they're not as important or they're not in the cool teacher crew and they really want to be like there's some dangers a big word to use but there's some like hesitancy that I feel towards them or some I feel actually protective of them of like you could be like over functioning and being over helpful because you think oh my gosh if I make myself more likable if I do all of these things then I will get to be in the in crowd and I'll get more care and more what have you. So yeah, absolutely. Limiting beliefs show up big time. What are your thoughts on limiting beliefs, especially as teachers navigate this? I think that there's limiting beliefs that can go both ways where there are people who potentially are thinking of leaving the classroom and they start to open up to their trusted support system at the school, maybe one or two teachers and say, hey, I am starting to look into becoming, you know, I want to go into customer success at an ed tech company, or I'm Mm -hmm. looking into just becoming a corporate trainer. And then one or two other teachers may catch on to this and say, I looked into it. I tried. It's absolutely impossible. Good luck with that. And I feel like those types of conversations can start to create a large group of people who have the same type of mindset 
without realizing that it is impacting other people and how they're actually perceiving their own future. Oh, that's such a good example of just that like stuckness is it grows like it infects communities, right? Like it just kind of trickles out. But yeah, no, that's a really great example of even holding for yourself. Like this was hard for me. This is where I got stuck. Even taking ownership of it, right? Like I noticed these parts were really hard for me, but tell me more about you. Like, tell me what's exciting you about potentially leaving the classroom and doing this. Like, can we be more curious with our friends and not project our own experiences? onto them. Oh, that's such a good point as that's a lot of people always project. It happened to me once in this one unique situation. And so that is matter of factly what is going to happen to every other person who goes into that, even when it comes to, you know, relationships of like, oh, I went on a blind date once, either it was wonderful or it was terrible. And that's yeah. the end of the story. You either really want to do it or you hate doing it. And I think, I mean, I don't, Again, I, I want to steer clear of this. Like, I don't think it's actually toxic positivity, but what we notice more of, like what we are tuned into is what we're going to notice. Like that is just like, there's, you know, like scientific evidence that goes, that points to that, that if we are more aligned with how things are not going to work out and how bad things are, like, that's what we're going to see. Those are the stories that are going to find us. It's the same thing of like, if you start looking for a car and you're like, oh, I really like this white Jeep you're going to start seeing the white Jeeps everywhere. Like they're just going to appear. You know how that happens? But the same- When I'm looking for red flags, I will 100% find the red flags in a negative situation. Yeah. And it's like, can I, where in a place where there is a lot of, can be a lot of messiness and drama and do I leave, do I go? Like, where can I find, and that's even why I love that you have this resource available. It's like, where can I find hopeful stories? Not stories that's like, you're going to make a million dollars when you leave teaching. Like that's kind of ridiculous, but can you find some realistically hopeful stories? And I think you provide that for a lot of people. Yeah. I just think everyone realizing that their own path is unique, that everybody's interpretation of what is possible is their own perception of what they've gone through personally in their life and not something that should impact your own decision-making. There's a difference between making an informed decision or living someone else's life. Yeah. And if you've never learned how to be assertive, and I think this can happen, we talked about this in the other episode of just kind of this like human giver syndrome. If I only believe I am to be of service, then part of your work's going to learn need to be to learn about being yeah assertive to choose your own path to make decisions to like reach for what you actually want to reach for and not just what people say you should reach for one thing that we talked about that i had never really heard of before is this phrase common enemy intimacy and i think yeah. i can guess just by reading the phrase what it means and i do think that probably a lot of teachers and teacher friends have found themselves caught up in this, but do you mind explaining that? Yeah. So it does not come from me. It obviously comes from Brene Brown, the BB queen. And so it's this experience of, it is a type of intimacy, but it's all about, as you can say, like what we mutually hate together. (laughs) So on one hand, it makes up the best gossip sessions. 
on the other hand, if you've, and this is like sadly happened in a few of even my friendships, I kind of take a step back and I'm like, if we're not talking about what we hate, there's not a whole lot to talk about. And that's where it's like the whole friendship is based on this kind of mutual hatred and disdain for a shared object, person, what have you. And I think in places where there can be toxic cultures and toxic administration or problematic administration, it's so easy for this to happen in teaching. So I I don't want to like shame anybody. Like this is so, it's so easy to fall into a place like this. And like, you do need support. You do need people to understand how hard it is. And yet, if the only thing that you are actually finding intimacy around is what's hard and what's bad and what's going on, like, it's not going to be the most quality, meaningful, helpful relationship that can move you forward. It's going to be one of those more relationships that like keep you stuck. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I definitely can reflect on a couple of friendships that I have. And I think yeah. we're just salty, like, oh, look at this celebrity or here's yeah. this meme that's not that funny. <laughs> just <laughs> negative things that we we know that we have these common senses of humor or yeah. common gripes that we have or people that have rubbed us the wrong way in the past. But those are also friendships that I can evaluate and say, we can sit down and talk about the positive things in life. So if you are always surrounding yourself with that negative energy, it's going to be so hard for you to continue to grow and to continue to move past it and be happy and healthy even outside of that situation. Knowing that there's a space for being honest, being vulnerable, sharing your feelings, sharing your emotions. But looking at the person in front of you and saying, is there something else that I can actually talk about with this person? Is there a solution to the problem that we're talking about? Is there even space in their brain for me to be talking about this right now? Or are they also so overwhelmed that they can't process this? Is just part of growing and learning and developing like as a human and being a better person and being a better friend. Uh, One of the biggest problems that I know a lot of the teachers are facing is they have developed this community, this education community, and we have been in it for forever. And I personally respect and love teachers just in general Mm -hmm. so much. And then when you leave, you feel like you are letting down these people that you love. You're potentially hurting them. And you could be throwing away your friendship with people that you've been working with and had this huge connection with for five years or 10 years. How do you recommend people try to sustain those friendships, especially if they feel like they left them behind or potentially hurt them in some way? 
Hmm. Wow. I think about like communications number one. And I think about really good friends who can see us. Like I think about good friendships are those that can like see our potential too and cheer us on. And we can share in the grief together of like, yes, I'm going to miss you so much. And like, this is so good for you. Not every, I get that not every, and it, and sometimes that doesn't like those two don't happen seamlessly. Like it takes some people some time to come around. But I think about, so Aristotle talked a lot about friendships and he talked about this idea of accidental friendships and friendships of good. And accidental friendships were those that you just happen to be in the same space at the same time. And for teachers, accidental friendships like happen all the, right? Like you're in shared space at the same time. You want to go through this and have some camaraderie. It shifts into friendships of good when they're like purposeful. And when there is a lot of like choice and a sense of like, I want to be friends with this person. This person is important to me and I'm going to invest in them. And so that means like, the friendship has to grow beyond just the meeting place. Like, do you see each other outside of school ever? I can promise you, if you've never once hung out with someone outside of school, you probably won't see them after you leave. If you do happen to leave the classroom, you probably won't see them because you've never created those kind of relations or those like rituals. So even thinking as a teacher that's considering leaving and has all of these really special friendships, like, are you creating rituals that you're meeting outside of the classroom that you're meeting like, and getting involved? Like, do you walk together? Do you work out together? Do you like go over to each other's houses for dinner? Are you creating different touch points than just the ones at the classroom? Because the reality is like, someone will leave first. Like people don't stay forever. They move school. I mean, some do. But it's going to change. And so are you creating kind of pathways to allow for that change and to allow for the friendship to stretch? I've heard so many stories about when people left, just feeling so shocked and so hurt that people were not supportive of them or Mm. some really negative situations where they actually feel like adult bullied from their past colleagues. I also have heard from the perspective of one of my very close personal friends who still is in the classroom. And she was telling me the story of someone who left mid-year and she 100% understood why this person left mid-year. She was just at their breaking point. And she was saying that when the former teacher came onto campus or had called, she just was very defensive and was saying oh, it seems like you don't want to be my friend right now or you're upset with me. And my friend who's still in the classroom just said, I'm just exhausted. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you. But I just like, I don't have the emotional capacity to like celebrate your new job because I just have so many things on my plate right now. So both things can be true. Like they can be happy for you and also distant at the same time, which is so hard to hear when you have this guilt, that teacher guilt in your heart that you hurt people, you want to immediately see it in their faces that they're happy for you or they're happy to see you. But right now they may have just looked sad. Yeah. And there it's like the teacher who's staying, like their work is to stay and to keep going and to keep doing the best they can do. And the person who's leaving, like their work is to be okay. They're leaving even in the grief and the messiness and to move forward. But yeah, they don't, I think that's a hard thing because we, 
want permission a lot from our peers. Like I'm doing the right thing, right? Like celebrate me, like tell me, cause we're, we doubt it too, if we're making these really big choices. And so we need some like peer approval, but often it's not always there. And especially in a place like teaching where there is a sense of like, I think it is such a hard place to be and you bond so much that it's easy to feel betrayed when someone leaves. So it's definitely one of those hard mm-hmm. work dynamics. It always feels bigger than just a regular work friendship because I have had work friendships after I left teaching and they anticipate people That's part of it. Yeah. And going to different places. But teaching was this like you're in it and you're in it for the rest of your life. You may be at the school for the rest of your life where company culture is a little bit different. You do have your work besties, you go to lunch with them, but if a different company pouches them, you're just excited for them and it happens every two or three years. Yeah. And sometimes that's even helpful to hold in the back of our minds. And I know that that, yeah, I think about my early jobs when people left, it was so hurtful, but now it's like I expect it. And so even as a teacher holding that, like some people will leave. I might be the one to leave. Like some will stay, some will leave. And I have to be okay. I have to learn how to be okay with it. Is there any way that we can be more aware of when our own insecurities or our own trauma Mm -hmm. or our own perceptions are starting to show up and put like baggage on an actual friendship? Oh, absolutely. This is why I'm a huge proponent biased about therapy. Because I think it can really help us reality test. Like, hey, this thing happened. I'm super upset about it. I'm super triggered. Part of it probably is some feelings getting hurt. And part of it probably is our own stuff getting, you know, pulled up. So I think about it's so common for so many of us to have wounds around rejection and abandonment. And so even thinking like a teacher leaving can easily or a friend that's telling you they're leaving the classroom that can easily trigger those same like wait you're abandoning me I thought you were in this with me forever how can I do this without you that that it can really evoke a sense of betrayal and so that's when it's helpful to get some like okay it is absolutely like you are absolutely valid in feeling that way and like you're not getting abandoned like yes someone's leaving but abandonment and leaving are really different but that takes time for our bodies to learn. That's trauma work. I say that, yeah, I hope it doesn't come across like that's just an easy knowing for us to have. It takes us a long time to to like really embody that truth. (laughs) No, I think being aware of this is probably something else that is triggering my emotional reaction. And it's realistic that it's stress from all of the other things going on, but also that fear of rejection, that fear of abandonment. And same with the teachers who are leaving. They have that same fear of rejection. This is the first time maybe they had this really close group of friends that they felt really aligned with. And this is when out of nowhere, it could feel like high school again, that all 15 people that you thought you were close with are out of nowhere going to say, never mind, you don't want to be friends with so-and-so. And And that's scary. Even yeah, it doesn't stop being, I feel like there are parts of us that will always be kind of at that middle school table asking the questions like, do you like me? Check yes or no. Like those are still, and I don't think 
it's, I don't think we need to get rid of those parts, but I think that we can be conscious and care for those parts. So if we're the ones leaving, being like talking to even, that's a huge part of my work is talking to those younger parts of us that feel like they're going to get ganged up on and being like, Hey, I see you. Like, this is really hard. Like, we're not going to go through this alone. I'm not going to leave you. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. But yeah, it's scary. It's scary stuff to take risks and to know that our decisions do impact others. Gosh, I wish I could talk to you for (laughs) another 30 minutes about this. But we do have to wrap up. Blake, when teachers are looking to connect with you, what would be your favorite way to have them find you? My favorite way... I love when they hang out with me on Instagram. That's a fun little pop in place. And it's just my name. That's my website too. BlakeBlankenBeckler.com and at BlakeBlankenBeckler. So we will link it in today's show notes for anyone who wants to connect with Blake and learn more from her. She is wonderful. And if you have not gone back to listen to episode 31, where we do a deep dive into all things teachers and therapy, definitely go back and listen to that episode. But Thank you so much, Blake, for being here today. Thank you for having me. And I'll share one thing about cultivating meaningful friendships that I think would be a great tool for teachers to use outside of the classroom to help even make sure like when, if they do make a decision, like we've created some rituals and time to spend together is I'm creating a friendship deck. So it's going to be a hundred questions that you can ask your friends. They're going to be three levels of like descending vulnerability. So we won't go to the deep end first to just create those sustainable, meaningful, long-term friendships. So that will be out this summer. So stay tuned. I love that. I cannot wait to see it. Really excited. And thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everyone listening. I want to give a huge thank you to Blake for coming on to the show again. Now, I want to take a second and ask you a favor as a friend. I promise this is a really small ask, but it does mean the world to me. Can you please leave us a rating and review on wherever you are listening to your podcast? We have tens of thousands of listeners who tune in to our podcast episodes, but many of them do not ever take the time to do this. I promise you, podcast hosts would not be asking this many times if this was not important to them. So please take a second. Let us know if the podcast has helped you. It takes less than a minute and it means the world to us working on this show to be able to read those reviews and it helps other people find this show as well. Thank you so much for being a friend to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and we will see you on the very next episode. Mm -hmm.